Hi guys, welcome back to the Revive Stronger podcast. I am your host as always, Steve Hall, and today I'm talking to Peter Fitchen. It's been a while since we've spoken. If you don't know Pete, he has been on the podcast many a times, but it's been a little while. He has a PhD in nutritional sciences. He's a natural pro bodybuilder. And we talk about his last contest prep where he was very successful in his last season. He kept it all quiet. We dig into why he kept it quiet. And then we talk a bit about why he has long off seasons, why people shouldn't compete kind of year after year, why kind of taking multiple mini cuts all the time isn't going to lead to your best progress in your off season and just so many great details including chat about tattoos and using dark as as a competitor and I think as a competitor or a coach of competitors this is just a really valuable listen for you we also touched on some of his peaking and how that changed season to season as well so definitely make sure to check it out and as a reminder guys it's really useful to have your likes your recommendations your reviews so any comments anything like this it's all super helpful so we appreciate every single one and I just want to take a moment to get a word from our sponsor today it's Caldera Lab I'm just going to give you a short little summary of that now first impressions matter there are no two ways about it and the first thing someone sees is your face whether that's a good or bad impression that is something you have somewhat under your control and that's something I decided to give myself more control with because our sponsor of today's podcast is a leading skincare product Caldera Lab who are clinically proven to help reduce wrinkles, reduce fine lines, and anti-aging. So it's boosting my confidence to make me feel better in my own skin, which I think is really, really valuable. And if you're interested in trying some of their products, you can use the code REVIVE to get a discount off Caldera Lab. Like you guys, I take care of my physique through my nutrition, through my training, through great sleep, take care of my mind through education, like listening to this podcast. So kind of taking care of my skin was just another layer to this. So I've been using obviously the clean slate using the base and then obviously here as well at night using the icon and the good. It's just been easy to get this into your routine and similar to brush your teeth, you might not see benefits immediately, but if you don't brush your teeth for a week, you certainly notice that and similar with this, the effects of compounding you see the benefits over time so again if you guys would like to try out the products at Caldera Lab we have our discount code REVIVE you can use that that'll be linked in the description and we hope you enjoy it but without further ado let's get into the podcast with Peter Fitcher. Hi guys, welcome back to the Revive Stronger podcast. I'm your host, as always, Steve Hall, and today I have Peter, Peter Fitchin back on the show. This is actually our sixth, well, actually, Peter, it's your sixth time on the show. I don't know if you know that. Uh, it's been yeah. a couple of years, though, since you've been on the show. Yeah, I didn't realize it's been that many times. That's awesome. So I, I'm thanks for having me back. Now I, because now the podcast's been running for like years, I'm always careful to look back and be like, how long is this? Like, how many times has this person come on? How long's it been? And I'm always shocked. Like, some, like again, it's been six times that you've been on here, but it's also been two years since your last time yeah, you're on yeah, here. Whereas I mean, it doesn't feel like that long. Yeah, yeah, no, I. That's what I was gonna say. Is it's it's you've been doing it enough years now, where there's probably a year or two between each of them. Yeah, it's it's mind blowing to to kind of think that, but it's also great and. <laughs> I love that I've been able to like develop like online relationships almost with like someone like yourself and like yeah. with Cliff we were just talking about yeah. where I think that just leads to nicer episodes where I don't know the rapport's a little bit there and it's less stressful at least that's the way I always feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah, I always enjoy coming on and chatting. So, um, yeah, no thanks for having me. 
For sure. And for those who aren't aware, who haven't been listening to the podcast that long, and maybe you only tuned in the last two years, so you haven't listened to the episodes of Pete. Uh, he has a PhD in nutritional sciences. Uh, he is a pro natural bodybuilder. And so perfect candidate for the show. I always say that like the people are like competitors and also like the, the science geeks, as it were. They're the people I always end up talking to because I think just have so much value to share on both sides of the coin. Uh, not that like a scientist pure out and out in a complete utter like bro can't provide uh, insights but i like the combination there i think there's just something special about that so pete's a great person to kind of chat to and listen to and on the kind of note of bodybuilding i know you just competed i think like just about four months ago yeah yeah it's it was march and april so yeah my my photo shoot and first show were in march and my second show was early april so yeah about three and a half months since my last show now and am I right in thinking you mentioned being about 20 pounds up? Is that still where you're kind of hovering or? I, yeah, I'm, I'm not quite 20 up yet. I okay. was 158.6 morning a show at, in the Kentucky show where I looked the best on my last show. And I'm like in the 176s right now. So I'm 18 pounds or so up. I mean, I'll, I'll need to gain some more back yet to like really be super strong in the gym and hit some PRs and really... I mean, I feel my best. I, I mean, I feel pretty much normal again at this point, but a little more weight on me. I can move a little more weight in the gym and be in a better off-season spot. Yeah, for sure. Like everyone has that. I don't know what, I guess it's the way it's talked about now. I used to talk about it in upper and lower settling points, like in terms of body fat, yeah. which I think some people still use. And now it's been like, ah, oh, maybe it's intervention points, like an upper and lower intervention point of body yeah. fat. But it's kind of this range of body fat where you feel best and most productive. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, that's usually like 180 to 195. You know, that, that's, that's kind of my range, you know, range where I'm good. And then I can still be pretty health. I can still be healthy and like function well and not lose a ton of strength into the low 170s. I'm not hitting any PRs there. I'm not making progress there. Um, I, I have very little leeway, like, and I'm, you know, when I get into low 170s, like if, if I have something a little off with some food, my weight spikes where like in the 180s, 190s, that doesn't happen. Um, you know, so like that, that's kind of I just over the years have kind of learned like those are kind of my limits, right? Like I, I have to be maybe 15 over to be healthy and functional. I need to be 2025 20, at the lowest to really feel good and, you know, hit some big progress in the gym and there'll be times I'll drift 30, 35 over. And, and, uh, that's why I work with Cliff in the off season, because then I have someone tell me like, Hey man, like we got to run a little bit of a cut here. You can't just keep gaining because, you know, left to our own devices, right? Like, you know, we just keep eating and lifting heavy. And, and <laughs> I think for a lot of us guys, at least, and, and we, we'd never, you know, that, that's how I ended up at 210 back when I was younger and, and had to diet off like, uh, close to, about 55 pounds in six months. <laughs> Is that the heaviest you've ever been? 210 pounds? 210, yeah. So 210, I was 210 when I was like 1920-ish. Like, so I did my first show at 145 and they told me I was too small when I was 18. This is back in 2004. So we didn't have, and I, I was too small. I mean, I've posted pictures. I didn't really hardly look like I lifted it when I was 18 and I had been lifting weights for two years. And, you know, I needed to get bigger. And so I got up to 210. I just like, I ate, you know, quote unquote clean, right? Like I, I rarely cheated off my diet. I just ate tons of, you know, quote unquote clean foods and got up to 210 and it was not pretty. Um, and then I, that was the first prep 2006. I worked with Lane and man, I made his life difficult because he had to <laughs> diet me down to like mid, 
I was like mid one fifties, uh, you know, by the end of that. So six months, I went from two ten to mid one fifties. That was just absolutely miserable prep. And really, since then, um, couple off seasons. The next couple off seasons, I only got up to maybe like one ninety ish. And since working with Cliff, he's pushed me up as high as like one ninety eight. I think it's about the highest I've ever gotten working with him. You know, one ninety six, one ninety eight. You know, a couple of times, but. Um, yeah, I haven't touched 200 again since I was, you know, that man, that was like 17 years ago now. <laughs> and yeah, I think, uh, from everyone I've spoken to, at least it feels like this way. Everyone goes through that kind of like, I don't know if you call it a dreamer bulk at some point yeah. during their, their lifting career where again, I, I did the same thing when I, my first bulk, it was like, oh, if I eat these like clean foods, I'll gain yeah. clean weight. And it won't be body yeah. fat. And then like 30, 40 pounds down the line, I'm like, hey, yeah. I definitely gained some fat here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And and I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, I what I eat today is still probably like 90% of those foods. But yeah, I, I, you know, and I'm still training harder than ever. And I, I'm probably as strong as I've ever been at this point. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get up to 200, 210 Um you know, it's, it's funny because people in the gym will ask me, what do you weigh or how much you weigh now? I had a guy this morning ask me that at the gym and I was like, yeah, I'm up to like a buck 76. Like, <laughs> you know, I, um, and granted, it's still it's going to go up more yet. But, you know, but, you know, I'm, I, I'm not going to be 200 plus like, you know, in the off season. Yeah, it makes sense to me as well. Like that. Again, when I think about muscle growth, I think there are a number of people and maybe I was under this impression at one point where I was just like, you have to really, really push body weight up really high. But if you yeah. can get into a, a zone of body weight where you can hit PRs, you can be productive. When I think yeah. about what's driving muscle growth, it's the training. So if you can train yeah. well and be a bit leaner, that's probably ultimately better than just pushing yeah. up for the sake of it. Yeah, as long as, as long as you're eating plenty, you know, plenty and not trying to like diet and be in a deficit all the time. You know, because I think that's the biggest mistake a lot of people make, like when they you know, someone, a lot of people left to their own devices when they try to gain, they gain way too fast. They eat, you know, tons and tons of food and they'll, you'll see them gain 15 pounds in three months or something like that. And then you turn around and they're dieting again right away. And, and you just cut into like, if you could have made that 15 pounds take 10, 12 months, you, you could have had a whole, you know, 10, 12 months, year of like surplus and progress and gains and, and, a lot of times they just, you know, um, cut that short, you know, gain that 15 pounds in three months and now they're dieting again. And, and I feel like some people can't get out of their own way that they're just constantly dieting, dieting, dieting. And, and yeah, that inevitably cuts into your progress. You're so right with that, because I think I definitely was on that side of, uh, where you mentioned before, so long as you're eating well, I, I kind of stayed too lean and I kept like, yeah. Oh, I'd get like a little bit soft and yeah. I'd cut immediately. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah. again, you're kind of yo-yo dieting at that point almost, but over an extended period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you're, you're not, and you're not really getting anywhere, right? Because you're not, you're not sticking to a gaining phase long enough to like grow and make progress. And then, but then you're just cutting back to where you work. Like you're not cutting to like get super lean either. So you just kind of like spin your wheels in this little five or 10 pound range and, and never really commit to something enough to really progress yeah for sure I, and actually that brings me to it was a question i had later down the line i think uh, that i was going to ask you about in terms of your off-season approach 
do you do you incorporate mini cuts like when you do hit that like 190 to 195 is it like a mini cut to get you back down how does that look for you yeah yeah that's normally because i i've worked with i've actually worked with cliff since 2014 so it's been almost 10 years that i've worked with him off seasons included and so um yeah so i usually the approach we typically take is yeah once i start getting up into like the low mid 190s we kind of look at how i'm looking and okay yeah we can drift a couple more pounds or okay yeah we need to cut um and so yeah then we usually run some sort of cut to get me down somewhere usually just to like the low 180s you know something like that um you know try to drop that in you know two to three months you know get get 15 pounds off me and you know ish 12 15 pounds in two three months and then let's spend another like 10, 12 months, just slowly drifting again, you know, and then a couple months of cutting. And then that adds up over time. When I take three and four years between shows, if you have, you know, 10, 12 months of gaining for every two months of dieting, that's a lot of time out of a deficit to really progress and, and get somewhere. Um, and, and that's, that's something I'm always big on is, is you, you know, if you're taking an off season, like most of that time should be spent, not in a deficit, if you're going to actually make progress. Um, and it's funny because my, my prep, actually last year started off as like a i wasn't planning on competing this spring initially like it started off last like june like late may early june i was up in like the mid 190s and it was like a, hey let let's diet you down to like you know upper 170s low 180s and so i think i dropped like you know 17 pounds in like 12 weeks or something like that and we were kind of just working my food back up, kind of coming out of it. And my weight was kind of holding and I was looking pretty good. And so then it was like, okay, you know, it was probably last early fall last year. It was like, what if I take this further and potentially try to compete, you know? And, and um, so we almost used it as like positioning, positioning me for prep, right? Like I, I cut down, I was like 177, I think something like that. Um, 176, 177, something like that. Um, probably roughly where I am right now. And uh, uh, we held there for probably six, eight weeks, worked my food up and then went the rest of the way um, for early spring. And, um, but yeah, it, it was funny because like my, my, I wasn't even planning on competing. So the initial part of my cut was just like an off season cut to get me a little bit leaner. And the thought was, we we're going to do another you know, gain phase afterwards. And it turned out, I just dieted down and competed, you know, a little sooner than I was planning. I think that's quite nice sometimes when like I'm a stickler for like loving plans, like long-term planning. And like, I already have like a sketched out plan for next time I'm going to compete. But part of me yeah. is like, especially if you are someone who can hold a bit of a leaner off season. So a mini cut does get you down pretty lean. And like yeah. you said, a few more weeks of yeah. eating up, you fill out and you're like, Ooh, like I'm holding this well. I feel pretty good. Yeah. You could enter yeah, a prep. I was thinking, like, <laughs> At that point, I'd have been like 18 pounds over like what I was carved up show day, you know, like holding that, you know, looking pretty good. Yeah. And is that, I know, I think I've spoken to you about this before and Cliff as well, where you, you like ideally to get someone within a shooting range where they're not having to yeah. lose like you did with uh, Lane having to lose yeah, huge no, amounts. Yeah, no, you don't want that. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you don't want that at all. I mean, I was, I've actually had that conversation with a couple of clients of mine recently here, you know we're looking at like next spring we're we're kind of talking about okay we got like 30 or 35 pounds to go like when when are we going to start dieting here you know august september or something like that let's get the first little bit off you know diet break over the holidays potentially and then let you know have you in a better spot to you know pull back and start in the new year you know because 
you know, any for most people who are trying to do like a spring show, um, you got to be pretty lean to start the year to be able to be ready in time for them, right? Like there's going to have to, for most people, some amount of dieting is going to have to happen um, prior to the new year if you're going to be all the way, you know, lean and as good as you could be by spring. Um, there are those exceptions to the rule that can stay relatively lean and maybe only have 10 or 15 pounds to lose and they start at the new year and they're on stage in like April. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not one of them. Most people aren't one of them. Um, and so, um, no, that's conversations we we've def, you know, I've definitely been having with some of the, you know, some of my clients who sit, you know, 30, 40 over stage, like, okay, when are we going to start here and, and position you so that we can, you know, have you in shooting distance to start a prep for, for spring. Yeah, I I totally understand that. Where, yeah, if you've like you've maybe finished a show and you slowly transition up, like you said, you've had like twelve mm. months of being able to gain, and then you're kind of in this like peak mass sort of zone where yeah, yeah mini cut can get you back down and it can buy yeah. you a good amount of time of massing, but yeah. you're back up to peak. Yeah. Eventually, you kind of like you've climbed up the mountain. You have to like slowly think about climbing back down. Yeah, yeah. and I I think yeah. that idea of positioning yourself where you said you like you were eating uh, building food back up you're leaner than like peak like off-season lean uh sorry yep. uh peak mast so then the kind of show transitional period is going to be so much smoother uh just having to lose less like less of a journey to have to travel essentially yeah yeah no absolutely and i mean i always tell people like more time is typically always better when you're dieting for a show like if you're ready early there there that's that's great there's plenty of things you can do right you can you can find an earlier show you can add food at back back and slow down rate of loss you can diet break you can be ready a few weeks early and you know walk food up reverse go you know in um you can test out some peaking stuff ahead of time like there's lots of good things that can happen if you're if you know you're you have more time and you end up ahead um you know if you you know on the other hand if you're if you're behind like that there's nothing good that happens there when you have to drop like two and three pounds a week the last month to try to crash down in um you're probably going to lose more muscle that way because you're more susceptible for muscle loss when you're when you're super lean like that and you're not going to look as good as you could you know on stage and so yeah more more times always better i mean i think that you probably find that too as a coach like that that's almost one of the biggest battles with like new clients is getting them to like give themselves more time and appropriate amounts of time to die in for a show um because those that do i mean they everything just goes so much smoother like the the prep as a whole like the vibe of the prep and the amount of stress that they have is just it's it's so much better when there's more time um versus someone where the timeline's tight you know and you don't have time to like you know, some of those like, ah, do we need to adjust? Do we not? Like if someone has time, you can wait and see. Maybe you don't need to adjust. And if you do, you got time to wait and see and make sure you do. Um, if you're short on time. There, there isn't a wait and see. It's like, okay, well, looks like it's slowing down. We don't have time to wait. So we got to adjust and push. Um, and, and sometimes that can, you know, lead to unnecessary adjustments too. But you don't have time to, to wait and see. Um, so yeah, time is, is and, and trying to get people to give themselves adequate time is oftentimes a, a battle as a, as a coach. Yeah. It's worse when someone approaches you, I don't know, like two months out from a show or something and you're yeah. just like, oh God, like, this is, this yeah. is not ideal. Or I've had it similar yeah. with first time competitors, not so much now. Cause I think 
a lot of people come and they already have awareness of like my methodologies or whatever yeah. i've had i've had it where they're like oh like, can't we delay prep by like a month and i'm like a month of prep is so valuable versus a month of yeah. off season yeah. where like the amount you could gain is so small versus the amount of time that that the value of that for prep yeah well i and i you know I've had several times too, just over the years where like people will come to me and be like, yeah, I want to start prep in three months. I think I'm going to gain like another 10 pounds these next three months. So I'm going to be here when we start prep. And I basically have to tell them like, listen, you shouldn't gain anything. And we probably need to start prep now. <laughs> you know, like if we're going to have you, you know, as good as you could be on stage, Yeah. you know, like, you know, there are sure you could die faster and probably get there and, and whatever, but, you're not going to be as good as you could be, you know? And and so if the goal is being as good as you possibly can be, you know, that, that extra time and just, just the stress is so much lower. I mean, I was ahead in my prep. It went so smooth. I mean, we did the first, first phase, like off season cut over the summer, took that diet break and then pulled back, you know, for like six, seven weeks, then pulled back again. I was dieting throughout fall. And by like January, I was within like, five pounds of stage weight at like, you know, I, I was, you know, five, seven pounds away. Um, like when I went down to Missouri for the fat muscle seminar in January, like we're doing posing, you know, I, I waited, I, I kept my prep secret. So I stayed pretty covered up, but like at that night at the gym, most people had cleared out and it was pretty much just me, Cliff and John and very few other people. And, and so I stripped down and we're doing, I was doing some posing and like, I was within like five, seven pounds of stage weight then at like two plus months out. But that allowed me to take a lot of diet breaks, you know, near the end. I mean, I think in the last like three months of prep, I don't think Cliff had me in a deficit for more than four or five weeks in a row without having a week at maintenance because I was ahead. Um, it was much less stressful um, for sure. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad I was it just went so smooth. I was ahead. So I had all these diet breaks and, you know, weeks where I'd have extra refeeds or whatever to slow things down. Um, and I still got there. I was still leaner than I've ever been. I mean, I had, I mean, even in crappy cell phone stage shots, you can see striated glutes from the back. And, um, so I, I got there and it, but it was, it was just so much better <laughs> having that time. For sure. Yeah. And something, something I used to be concerned about until my last, uh, competition prep was staying, being lean for too long. And I, I think there probably yeah. is a, like a, like a, an amount of time that is too long and it's probably going to differ person to person but when you yeah. are including back-to-back -back refeeds and diet breaks after a number of weeks it's surprising how normal you can feel like normal enough whilst being yeah. like pounds yeah. away from completely stretched like shredded through yeah yeah i will say like when i got to completely shredded i don't know how long i could have stayed there i mean i probably would have started looking worse fairly you know what i mean okay like, um, like, I, I don't know if I could have stayed as lean as I was at my last show. Like my strength, was, it was like, you know, at that point, like it, I felt terrible. I couldn't sleep anymore the last few weeks. Like, but I, it was amazing though, how good I felt. I was like, yeah, 163 or so in January and, and, uh, granted that wasn't carved up or anything, but you know, I would, I, I hit as low as 155, not depleted 150. I think I had a 152.6 or 152.8 depleted. Um, but like carved up, I was 158 you know, or so. Um, 158.6 morning of the show, I looked the best. So I was probably like within eight pounds of my lowest. I was not depleted during prep, seven, eight pounds. And like actually didn't feel that bad yet. Um, 
you know, because we were able to take it slowly. Um, but yeah, the, the end still felt terrible. I mean, it, it, I don't know if there's any any way around that when you get that lean. I don't know how long I could have held that. Um, so that's why I, I knocked out photo shoot, 10 days later show, two weeks later show, and I was done before most of my clients got started for the year. I guess that's uh, having spoken to you off air and how busy you are with your weekends and all your shows. There's just no way you could you. I guess that's why you have to get out of the way. Really, it forces you. Yeah, I I like I just just from a practicality standpoint, like you know, I I don't need to go do like world or something. I'm not like ever you know genetically like I'm not going to ever win like a pro world title or something like that. And so for me at this point, I mean, I've accomplished more than I ever thought I would competing, and so. Um, it's about just looking better every time. And I, you know, the where I compete is less important than the getting better and continuing to do this into my forties and fifties and hopefully sixties, you know, and, um, and continue to do it at a high level and look as good as I possibly can. Um, and, and for now I'll keep getting better, you know, because I yeah. still can. Um, and, uh, you know, and so, yeah, I, I prefer just to do shows as early in the year as possible because, then the worst of prep is like during a time of year where I'm not going shows, you know, to shows, you know, I, I'm in a stretch right now where I'm traveling four straight weekends between shows and seminars. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have that at the end of my prep. And so um, I can just get done and then I can worry about my clients after that. Yeah, no, it makes so much sense that way around. And actually it's refreshing almost for, for someone like I never, it, you, I don't like to ever say it. Like my ambition is to, hopefully go pro at some point like it there's a yeah. there's a part of me that thinks yeah. i might be able to do it but of course yeah. i i feel like i will need some luck on my side a little bit because i'm just realistic with the, yeah. the kind of shape oh, no, I it have. absolutely takes there that's what i tell people all the time there there's a luck component for sure because when i won my pro card i won the lightweight class by a point i won the overall straight up because this was this was 2012 so this is back before men's physique before classic when like shows were bigger and there were multiple open classes and not every show was a pro qualifier and you had to go, you know, find them. Right. And they were super competitive. And so, um, but yeah, like my, I got lucky. Like I, I won by my class by a point split decision. Um, same guy that beat me by a point there. We went and did a pro show a few years later. He took third. I took fourth out of like a class of nine and, uh, he beat me by a point. Um, you know, like in that show, like you know, just, you know what I mean? There's like a luck, like you said, a luck component. Yeah, there's, and it is, but it's similar. Like my ambition is hopefully to go pro at some point, maybe. And then it's like, when you're in the pro ranks, like you said, like I, I'm not, I'm being realistic. I don't know how well yeah. I'd get to fare at like a WMBF world pro show, like let yeah. alone trying to go pro at that point. So, but it's refreshing yeah. because this is your job. This is like your life. Like it's a huge part of you, but you're still able to be like realistic with your ambitions with it, but it doesn't detail you from the process. And I, I think it's nice for people to be aware that, and that's a, something I like to ride is like, I'm like to be realistic, but also I can still love it and invest it just as much as the person who is going to be winning like a pro worlds, whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, my goal is still absolutely to like take it as far as I possibly can, you know, can, right. Like, you know, I've dieted down to stage lean seven times in the last 19 years. And, you know, every time I've gotten better. Um, and so, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm going to keep pushing to keep getting better and better and better. And, um, 
you know, and, and like I said, I, I've been doing this since I was 18. I'm 37 going on 38 now. And, um, you know, next spring will be 20 years of my first show. Um, and that's so, crazy. but yeah, that's, that's blows my mind. Right. And so, you know, I, I want to be the person, you know, when you go to these shows and there's 50 plus and 60 plus guys, like in classes, you know, classes of 50 plus 60 plus there's show more shows now that have 50 plus pro classes. Um, they're probably, you know, at least three, four shows I'm aware of that have 50 plus pro classes. Like I, I want to, you know what I mean? Still be doing it at that point at a high level. So yeah, I still have, you know, my own goals and ambitions. And, um, I just, you know, you, you gotta, I I don't know. I got to balance it with coaching, right? Like I, I, I don't get me wrong. I had my, my last show this year, I had five clients compete the same day I did two were where I was and three were elsewhere you can do it. it it's absolutely pop. And they all did great. It, you know, it, it worked out very well. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's easier. Um, if you, you cannot have five people competing the same day that you're competing. Um, but I mean, I've done it both ways, right? Like I've, that wasn't the first time I've had multiple people compete the same day as me. Um, won't be the last, but yeah, if I, if I can avoid, you know, some of the weekends where I have six and eight, you know, people in, three, four different places competing on the same weekend as me, I, I'll do it. <laughs> it's hard enough having multiple people just competing, let alone you then having to compete too. But I guess the way that uh, you like to peak is generally like on show day, you're peaked. So hopefully there's not too much that needs to go on. Like you have a plan and also you no. have Cliff in your corner, which probably is a lifesaver at that point. Yeah, no, that's that's the nice part, right? And, and uh, I mean, really now that we, you know, my first my first show this year, we uh, we wrap it back loaded like usual, um, and it was the second show in a row. So my last show of 2020, I didn't look very good on stage. Um, I I had thought it was because it was a long contest season. Like I, I was supposed to compete in March. I competed in June, July. Uh, you know, because the world shut down for a couple months there. I just traveled to wherever shows were, and I thought, man, it's just because I've been dieting for like 14 months. This prep got stretched out. Like you know, that's why I'm not looking that great. This July show go to my first show this year and the same thing happened when I rapid backloaded. And it was so weird because I had always all three shows in 2016. Great. First two shows in 2020. Great. Um, but then I had two shows in a row where I just didn't, you know, respond. I, and Cliff had me some pictures the next morning after the show, after I kept things tight, the the night of, I looked awesome. And so in, for the, my last show, my Kentucky show this year, show where I looked the best ever, we actually rapid backloaded at even harder uh, at on Thursday. Um, I think it was around, I think it was 1,111, something like that carbs on, on Thursday. So we just shifted everything up a day, depleted Sunday through, uh, Wednesday on like, you know, meat and vegetables and oil and, and, uh, um, you know, did, did a huge load Thursday, but Friday I was only like Friday was, you know, as, as like my clients are getting, you know, closer to their shows and doing whatever with their peaks. Like my day was only like, I think I ate like 220 grams of carbs, like 2,400 calories. Like it was, it was a lower day. It was a cleanup day. Um, and I looked really, really good come Saturday morning. Um, so I think that helped too, that I, I also rapid backloaded a day earlier. So, um, you know, that just happened to be what, you know, worked out and looked best, but yeah, that, that was an interesting, you know, kind of finding here recently. I don't know why. Um, you know, Cliff even said that he goes, it's like your, your load look almost has changed in the last few years. Um, which is, is it, it has, I mean, yeah. you know, you, 
but it's interesting. Yeah, so. straight, I I know of Cliff's like um he came over to the UK for a seminar, so I still remember some. He has like the the cleanup day after like the backload, and I guess that's what you've transitioned to. And I guess it's a good reminder for people like you can't just stick to a fixed plan and expect it to always work. You have to keep eyes on and adjust accordingly. Yeah, yeah. no, and that was that was pretty much you know that was exactly it. And um, you know I don't know if it just it takes longer now for me to like process the carbs because I'm not a spilled watery mess. Like those two times where I said the you know last show of 2020 first show of this year, you know it wasn't that I was like a spilled watery mess like you'd think when someone eats a thousand grams of carbs. I was flat, um, and and like by the time you'd fill me out, I would end up watery because you'd have to throw so much food at me on show day so fast. Um, and so uh, yeah, I think it just gives me you know just gave me more time um, because interestingly. My weight was the same the day after the rapid backload as show day after a cleanup day. Um, yeah, which is really weird. Um, I, I, cause I was, that's what I was kind of wondering too. Like when we did it, I was like, I wonder how much my weight's going to drop. I stepped on the scale first thing in the morning, show day. I'm like, huh, exact same as the day before. So I don't know if it just takes my body longer to process that, you know what I mean? Yeah. The amount of food at this point or, um, what has changed, you know, you know, Cliff said maybe it's just me getting older, you know, but, he 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 finds me an interesting case study because I've worked with him for almost a decade, and there, you know what I mean. Like he, yeah. he's been able to like prep me for three three different preps, and you know he's peaked me for eight different shows now. You know, so um, you know it, 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 it. You see that as a coach, right? If you work with someone over and over and over again, it, it is interesting to see how things change over time. Um, yeah. Because you don't always get the opportunity to work with someone you know long term like that. No, for sure. Yeah, you're if you have more than one season with someone like that's that's pretty nice like let alone multiple like two three oh, four yeah. five <laughs> yeah no the the second season with someone can be so much easier than the first because yeah. you kind of just learn like um you know their tendencies right like i um like i i have a, a female client who i i prepped the first first time i prepped her it took forever because we found out that like she was one of these people who has these like super adaptive metabolisms. Right. So it was someone who was eating well over 2000 calories a day. And, uh, we had to get her down to like 14 or 1500 to like get her losing. And so we thought, Oh, we'll just chip away a little bit. And it, it just took forever to find where she lost could lose. Second prep. We're like, all right, we know how this goes. Let's just yeah. <laughs> drop it down there and get going. We, we know what the answer is going to be if we just try to slowly chip it down. Um, but you know, just knowing that, right. Like you yeah. keep it moving more efficiently. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it can be really valuable to, you know, if, if you can work with a coach multiple times or have clients that you work with multiple preps, um, you learn things and you can use those things. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. And actually, a question I had for you, uh, Pete, was you mentioned uh, having a longer prep and maybe having time to like eat into, I think you said something along the lines of like eating into shows. Is that ever, yeah. uh, is that something you did this time around? Were you able to eat into things? Uh, do you prefer mm -hmm. that to, actually, if you do do that as a second question, if I can, do you still want to, would you still like deplete and do a, a backload there? Or would you just kind of ride the, the calories moving up and the carbs being higher? Yeah. Yeah, so I this time did not uh, didn't actually you know we we pushed all the way in um, because the first show just with the peak not going the greatest it was like all right let's get you a pound or two I think I dropped about two pounds in the two weeks between shows you know what I mean and 
I, I we pushed for a little more loss, get me tighter, load harder. But I have ate into shows before, and I we still I still depleted and rapid backloaded when I did that. Um, you know, it, depending on clients, I I would say maybe maybe not. You know what I mean? It depends on the person. I mean, I've had I've had like especially in like a division like bikini where you don't need as an aggressive as a load. I've had situations where we just load we just you know spend the last two three weeks working food up someone looks great their food's high and we don't change anything for like the entire last week i had a client um actually first time competitor went a went a ocb pro card at 19 years old and like this big big show uh like there were you know close to a dozen in her class like three or four open classes like huge show and she wanted at 19 she has this just crazy structure but like she was ready three four weeks early we literally just walked her food up she was looking really good at a week out and i was like you know what let's just keep doing this every day and every day she'd send me pictures and every day it looked good you know like and, and we just coasted in i mean without really any sort of peak we had already walked food up and that filled her out and she looked great yeah i think that's the key there isn't it it's like if you already look like the look you like if you think this look couldn't get much better it's like is it worth the punt of the risk of trying to manipulate something too much in peak week especially if you've walked food up like that then you're such yeah. you've had such a consistent look day to day yeah yeah no and that was the thing like because i was like oh do we need to do anything and like she had said ever send me pictures every day and every day her weight be the same her look would be the same like no we don't we don't need to change anything like you look awesome like why would we mess with this right like um you know because you want you want peak week to be predictable, you know? And so if, you know, if, if you're changing, you know, people change so many variables and then they start looking worse and then it's, well, you know, why am I looking worse? Like which of these, you know, eight things are causing me to look worse. So if you can change fewer variables or know, you know, why you're changing each thing you're changing, um, you know, when you're changing things, like, I think that's important. And um, yeah, I, I, so I, yeah, I, I, depends on the person some people we may load still load and deplete and stuff and some we may just reverse in um you know just walk food up eat into the show i mean that's that's an ideal place to be right be ready a couple weeks early because oftentimes in there too i'll test out larger loads you know if they're ready early you know so if if we're looking if we're a month out or so and it's like hey are you know you're looking better are we looking around to refeed you know at a month out or so and we find out okay you're looking better after your refeed uh oftentimes you know if we have time in those final weeks maybe we say okay let's let's like double the size of your refeed this week and see how you look after what happens if we stack multiple refeeds in a row uh do you still look better um you know and, and you can play around with that and kind of get an idea of how hard you might need to load the last week and to keep that a little more predictable rather than just like blindly going in and being like okay well i'm gonna eat like three times as many carbs as a refeed today and hope it looks looks good tomorrow yeah you definitely want to have like like you said frequent eyes on and again if you have time to be able to test things out with yeah using refeeds and stuff it just becomes invaluable at that point yeah yeah because there's less less guesswork because um you know if, if someone doesn't have time to test things out and you know if they're at least doing multiple shows uh you can you know you can use what you know i usually stay a little more conservative maybe the first show and then you know use what you learn and what you observe the first time to you know 
get a plan in place for other shows. I mean, I just had a client, you know, win a PMBA pro bodybuilding show this last weekend. And we didn't, it, it was early. Like we, he, he's going to target some of the bigger shows at the end of the year. And we know we need to get, you know, another five, seven pounds off, you know what I mean? Before then, we're, but he's lean. He's just not, you know, if we're going to go do some of these big shows, we need to be leaner. And, and so, cause like, you know, like you said, the pro level at those shows are insane. Um, and, uh, and so we, you know, this, this first load, we gave him a day a little bit bigger in a refeed Thursday, and we gave him something even bigger yet because he was still super tight as the day went on Friday. Um, and so I think he had probably like one and a half times a refeed Thursday and two times a refeed Friday, um, you know, and, and look great Saturday, but like, you know, I, and we gave him more food Saturday morning and, but you could see on stage by the end of pre-judging, I was like, man, like we could have given him more, we should have given him more food. And so we, that was the discussion right away is, okay, we're, we're loading harder in some fashion, whether it be more days, more carbs, you know, whatever. But we know now that as a baseline, we need more than this, um, yeah. you know? And, and so now we had a few weeks till the next show, push for a little more loss and then load even harder, whether that be more days, more food or both. Yeah. Um, based on how he's looking, but like we at least, you know what I mean? You're, you're, and then by the time you get to those later shows at the end of the year, you, you kind of ran the protocol a couple of times and you're like, all right, like this is what's going to work best for you. Let's do this and make sure you're your best for these biggest shows. You know, yeah. for, so if someone can do two or three shows, you can usually they're, they can get better, you know, as, as you go. Yeah, in the UK, at least with uh, one of the biggest federations here, we have the UK FBA, which you might have had clients compete with before. I imagine you have, and they have qualifiers mm -hmm. and then their finals. And I'm once you become quite competitive, you need to think about like, okay, so I don't want to peak for like the qualifier and then have months yeah. before the finals. I kind of want to be maybe five, seven pounds yeah. if I'm that good yeah. that I can compete at that level yeah. and qualify quite comfortably. And then that yeah. also gives you time again, like you said to have like a play around with these things to yeah. know what's going to work best for that individual. Yeah. yeah, no. And that, that, that's a conversation I had with this particular client. He and I have had in recent weeks, like we don't want you to be all of the way like stride glutes shredded in July. If you're still thinking you're going to want to do shows in October, if not November, um, that's, you know, you, you don't want to hold that level of lean for three and four months you know so yeah get with like you said get within you know five pounds or so and and be very 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 lean and then tighten up more into your later shows if if you're going to spread them out that much um you, you yeah you don't want to stay you know stage lean that you know close to stage lean for that long and it's kind of thinking about stage lean, at least this is, again, my last prep, I kind of felt like I had a, a big gap between like my first kind of show, which was like a warm up, and then WMBF Worlds in the end that I ended yeah. up going to. There was uh, multiple months between them. But there's like the stage lean, and then there's like sh just completely shredded inside out. Yeah. And I, I don't even know, and I maybe dropped, I was like 175 pounds, and I dropped just under, like I dropped maybe another six pounds between those at yeah. most. I don't even know if I had like maybe another two pounds. Like for you, I guess you found like your stage weight and that tends to stay fairly static season to season. And you know, that's yeah. inside out, like stage shredded. Is is there a t like when you're walking someone towards like trying to get everything in, how do you kind of go about, is it worth like just continuing pushing this person or now is their physique degrading? How, do you find you have to walk that line carefully sometimes? Oh yeah, no, you definitely do. And so you got to keep an eye. I mean, that's where progress pictures become more important. And so that's where, 
you know, I'm, I'm someone where most of the time, if, unless someone's close to a show, I'm like the coach who's like, stop taking selfies in the mirror, stop sending me so many pictures, give change time to happen. And a lot of times I'll tell clients, I want monthly pictures, like off season, monthly, even early stages of prep or an off season cut monthly. And then as we get closer, then it's okay. Now we're, now we're three, four months out. Now let's start looking every two weeks and okay. Now we're six, eight weeks out now, you know, now we got to look every week and we start really getting close the last couple of weeks. I'm like, okay, you're checking with me twice a week. I want pictures at every update. Um, you know, and, and if we're testing out peaking stuff, it could be pictures multiple days around a refeed or something or around a test load. And, and so, yeah, the closer those shows come, the more frequently we're taking pictures and keeping an eye on things. Cause at that point, the visual part matters so much more, um, you know, you've seen it, I'm sure, where if you're really, really lean and, you know, near stage lean and you lose one or two pounds, you put your picture side by side and it's like, man, it looks like you lost like five pounds, ten, you know, five, seven pounds, you know, but you've lost a pound or two. Um, but if you're 25 pounds over stage weight and you lose a pound or two, you put those pictures side by side, you probably can't even tell which one is which um, because the pound doesn't really matter at that point, you know what I mean, visually as much at that point. But yeah, when you really get lean, every little thing seems to matter a lot more to your visual look. Do you not see the progress you would like? Are you sick of writing your own programs? Or perhaps you need some accountability in order to stick with the plan? Then it's time to start working with us. We at Revive Stronger offer a truly personalized coaching service. You'll get more than just an email with some macros or random cookie cutter program. With Revive Stronger, you will be the center of our attention. You will receive your own fully individualized training protocol alongside a customized nutritional strategy. We created the coaching around your needs, wants, personal preferences, and your own unique lifestyle. Every single week, we delve into your program in order to make appropriate adjustments so that we get the most out of your time and the best possible outcome. We help both female and male athletes to seriously change their body composition by adding more muscle mass and decreasing fat tissue. No matter if you're a competitive bodybuilder or just want to look better, if you need help with your progress and taking your physique to the next level, our coaching is for you. It's time to make a change, sign up today and let's revive stronger. And I found that, uh, and that was completely true for me, but our island, I think I've had a new perspective because whilst obviously I've taken care to understand the judging criteria and what you're being scored on, I haven't thought about it as much as I have this past couple of years since being yeah. a judge at shows yeah. and like having to score yeah. people on a criteria. And now I can look at my physique and I can very clearly see where I'm scoring low on and can see where mm. maybe I make some points back. But then there's like that balance of the symmetry component like if people just go for condition and they chase yeah. that and I, I found maybe for myself that season I was continuing to get leaner and I could but to the sacrifice of maybe even some symmetry which could just be body fat that I was losing but it just made my yeah. physique not look <laughs> as symmetrical uh, like at uh, that x frame kind of started dissipating yeah well and then too you get into the subjective part of the sport at that point too right so it's like okay, well, Judge A thinks that the super shredded look is better, but Judge B thinks that, you know, being three pounds over that to have a little bit more fullness is better. Um, and that's especially bad in the bikini division where I, I've never, I've, that is a division where I hear you can have, I've had clients to be told in that division by judges at the same show that they're both not lean enough and too lean. Um, <laughs> you know, like it, it's, it is the division by far that like it just 
you're just taking your chances that they hopefully, you know, this is what they're hopefully going for that day. And, you know, who knows, right? I mean, it, it's, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I've just seen people, I mean, I had a situation where I had a client a few, this was probably like five years ago now, uh, in bikini, uh, she, she was going to do a show and I was like, man, I don't know if you're gonna be ready for this show. Like you can do it, but I don't think you're going to be ready. Uh, I think we should diet longer and do some of these other later options that you have. And she's like, well, this one's close to home. I'll do it. And I was like, all right, like, just know that like you probably need to be leaner. And she went into the show and she took, I don't remember the exact placing, but like, you know, fifth out of sixth or something in, in her class or something like that. They told her she needed to be leaner. And she's like, I think I'm going to do this. And I, and I was like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's get you leaner for this show. Like four weeks from now or whatever that, you know what I mean? Whatever it was four or six weeks down the road, let's get you leaner. And she comes back after a show and says, I think I'm going to do this other show that I, I found out is, is nearby uh, next week. And I was like, okay, but you're going to look like the same, right? Like, you know, the, this show didn't go great because we need to get you leaner. Like you're, you're probably going to look the same. It might be the same outcome at this show. And this was a show in the exact same sanction. And it was only a couple hours away. And she goes there the next weekend and she wins the whole show, wins the overall, gets her pro card. They wanted a softer <laughs> look. <laughs> That's insane. It was oh, it, it's still the craziest thing. Like, and and I was like, well, guess I was wrong on that one. I mean, I, the first show, it was like exactly what I was telling her. You know, I think we need to get you leaner. And, and then the second show you know, in the essentially the exact same spot it wins the whole show in the same sanction, you know, against many of the same competitors because it was only a couple hours away, you know. That. And so, yeah, it, it's there, there's just, you know, like you, you that's where I just tell clients, you got to do more than one show. You can't put all your eggs in one basket because you could show up at the show where they, you know, one, you can't control who else is on stage with you. You know, you could have 10 people on stage with mediocre physiques that you beat, or you could, I mean, I did a pro show where in, in 2020 where I took third out of three and the two guys that beat me both placed at IP worlds. And so I was like, I was like, all right, what am I going to do? You know, they both outweighed me by, you know, one, I think outweighed me by about 25 pounds and the other one by about 35 pounds. And, and, you know, what am I going to do? You know, <laughs> like, um, and so you can't control who shows up and you can't control what the judges are looking for on that day. And so, you know, like we said, there, there's a luck component. And I, I really do think just, I always try to encourage clients, do multiple shows, compete in multiple sanctions, like figure out, you know, sometimes a beginning competitor too, you don't know what division you maybe fit best in. You're kind of in between a couple yeah. and, and I'm a big fan if a, if a show allows it for a first time competitor, you know, if you can do both like men's physique and classic and you're not sure which one you fit better in or classic and bodybuilding or. Oh, sorry, sorry. There's a bunch of stuff just fell. They're doing a bunch of construction and oh. my whole house is like shaking. Oh no. And so a bunch of stuff just like <laughs> crashed and burned over there on my, Oh no. But anyways. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm a big fan of if, uh, you know, uh, it, when, uh, uh, if, if you're a beginning competitor, doing more than one um division you know like yeah. you, you know i had a client just just a spring wasn't sure if figure bikini was best for her um and so you know i i knew like if she did an untested show it'd need to be bikini but like she could do either if it was a drug tested show you know and and be all right and and she did very well in both um and so you know 
having her do both and kind of realize like which one she liked better, which one the judges liked her in better, you know, gives, you know, may give her a little more guidance going forward. Um, I know not a lot, not all sanctions let you do that. Um, you know, and they, they don't like all the crossovers and stuff, but I've always been a big advocate that, okay, I, I understand in like an open class, you don't, you don't want to see like someone win a pro card in like bikini and figure, right? Like they should be different looks, but I've always been a fan of like, if you have a novice or like a beginner, you know, first time class, I I'm a fan of letting them cross over because, you know, a new competitor, let's, let's figure out where you fit best. You know, and then by the time you're worried about like winning a pro card or or you know like placing high in an open class, like yeah, you probably you probably know better what division you need to be in. But um, yeah, I, I try to get you know get get people on stage, different shows, different sanctions, different you know, especially when you're a beginner, figure out where you fit best. I think that makes a lot of sense, and your discussion surrounding also like doing multiple shows and sanctions, but also our discussion earlier about like placings and how there's luck involved and there's also like uh, subjectivities involved and how just ultimately you shouldn't place your value as an individual on your placing like you said you came third but against two wildly like uh, impressive competitors you shouldn't feel yeah. bad about coming third some people might but ultimately you know, it's more about the process and the journey and you bringing your all-time best and i think that's why that sentiment gets pushed i think correctly yeah. uh because like ultimately there's yeah, so much I mean, that's out of your hands yeah i mean that show that 2020 show my first show in 2020 um if you look at the 15 shows i've done that's probably the second or third best i ever looked on stage you know and you know like it's to this day you know like it it, it probably you know something like that second third best and so it's still successful it just is who i was up against have you out of interest, because you mentioned trying different, uh, sorry, uh, what's it called? Classic classes. Have you tried anything other than uh, bodybuilding? Have you tried men's physique or anything else? No, I don't know that I'd be any good. Like, it meant, I feel like when you start heading towards classing and especially men's physique, your genetic structure dictates, oh, there's, there's less ways to beat people if you don't have great genetic structure. I don't have great genetic stru structure. Like, I don't have the tiny, tiny waist and the, you know, wide shoulders and, you know, crazy taper and, and all of that and huge delts. Um, and so, you know, in bodybuilding, there are more ways to beat someone than there is in men's physique. You know, men's physique, you only have four poses. It's only your upper body. Well, your calves are supposed to count too, but usually it's only your upper body. Um, and, and so you only have half your body, you have four poses. You can be too big. You can be too lean um you know for for men's physique where like bodybuilding there's more poses you look at your entire body uh you you can get leaner and out condition someone there isn't a too lean you can get bigger and get you know you there isn't a too big so if you don't have great structure but you're massive like that can work you know you can still overcome that structure um yeah so i don't know how i i don't know that i would do great in men's physique classic i haven't done but i don't know that i would you know what I mean? Like, I, again, I don't have crazy structure because you get into those divisions and it's a lot more, especially men's physique. Like, you know, you, it's hard to overcome someone who has that structure. If you don't, there just are less ways to overcome it in that division. You're kind of speaking to the choir in a sense, because I'm the same as you with the structure yeah. element. And like, there's yeah. just, there's no point me ever attempting men's physique. Sometimes I like, I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, maybe I could. I'm like, no, no, no. Especially because at the WMBF, at least 
I don't know if oh. other federations are the same, but they you can't even they want you straight on at the front post. So you can't even try and oh. manipulate that one to try and make your waist look smaller. Yeah. I'm like, man, I'd be destroyed. I don't even have nice abs. So it's like this is out of the question for me. Uh, yeah. but I, I like the sentiment around like bodybuilding and how there is like the whole musk that you might not have it's probably similar to me. My symmetry round is not where I score well. The muscularity round is then when I can show off the condition, the muscularity, yeah. and you can pose like a front double bicep to twist the hips and you can manipulate stuff. So it, yeah, yeah, there's more to play with. Yeah, no, and that's where you can you can pose yourself. I mean, there's pictures of me next to guys on stage who are 25, 30 pounds heavier than me and we're side by side. It doesn't look like they outweigh me by 25, 30 pounds. Like I pose my way to, you know what I mean, catch up into them um you know and you see that it i mean i just saw that at a show recently there was a uh, one of the shows i was at recently there was a classic physique overall and um there was a one class winner was had the better physique you know the the other class winner was maybe a touch leaner was not as big not as pretty of a physique but he could pose and I just watching it overall, I was like, man, like the one guy should win. Like he is, he is better, but they, you know, the other guys, oh, like just the pose, you know, you hit a pose and be like, man, that smaller guy is, is winning, you know, these, you know, smaller guy with, you know, not as great a structure is, is winning some, a lot of these poses. And sure enough, he ended up winning in a split decision because, you know, over a guy that should have beaten him just because his posing was simply better. Um, yeah. and he was able to overcome the fact that he he wasn't as big and his structure wasn't what the other guys was. Yeah, you can see it, especially when you've got a keen eye for it. You you know just initially when they're standing there who has like the structure, but then sometimes oh, yeah. people cannot pose to show it off and you're just like no. Ah, like I can't score you well here because you might have it inherent, but I can't give it to you because you inherently have the structure. You need to be able to show me it. Yeah, well, that that's always a pet peeve of mine. There, there are certain judges that that will try to judge on potential, which that always it's it's not about who has the most potential. At that point, what's the point of competing? It's just a genetics yeah. contest. Like, <laughs> it, it's it's what's in, it should be what's in front of you that day. Like, yeah, I, you know, so and so has the most potential if they drop ten pounds, but they didn't drop ten pounds. Yeah, you yeah. know, so they they aren't the best on stage that day. You know, and, and so, it, it, you know, that's that's always a pet peeve of mine that when I when I hear that, well, that this person won because they had more potential to do what, you know, be, to do well as a pro. Sure, but they didn't get lean enough. And if they don't get lean enough as a pro, they're not going to do well either. <laughs> yeah, I, I hold that same sentiment where I'm like, again, you, you're judging what's in front of you, not yes. if that person hit that pose right, they'd be winning yeah. type of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, so. it, that, that's exactly it. I mean, it, you know, you know, someone has a... a poor tan or something and you can't see any of the detail like it, it, you you can't you know it, it's what you can see it's what's in in front of you yeah it's uh, actually that makes me laugh because i've over the last couple of years attained a bunch of tattoos uh, <laughs> thankfully nothing off it's only forearms so i'm paying attention to the areas that are going to matter most for bodybuilding but there was someone who was like covered in tattoos last time i judged and i was like i can see that he's really lean when I like I can because I've got a good eye for it but when he poses the tattoos are hiding quite a lot and it's like like I can't just it's a hard one to balance sometimes anyway that was a tangent but similar to the tan sort of situation yeah. I, it's crazy how much with tattoos dream tan can cover up though um like there have been multiple times where like I'll 
see someone, you know, we'll get a workout in, in the off season or I'll see them whenever, you know, a competitor. Right. And not, not like one of my clients, just someone you, you see competing or whatever. And, and, uh, and then you, you see them, you know, you see them on stage, you see them in the office, you're like, man, didn't realize you had like those tattoos, like couldn't even tell with like, you know, the, the, the dream tan it's, it's amazing what that can cover up. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, I've seen some like crazy transformations of people like using makeup and like they can hide them. Unfortunately, Dream Tan, I think, is banned in most competitions in, in the UK. I don't know how many in the US. Yeah, it. it depends on the show and the sanction here. Um, you know, I I was fortunate I could use it at both my shows. If I can use it, I'm using it. Um, you know, it, it the color is just so much better. It's just um, I feel like some people have ruined it for everybody, you know, like, yeah. You know, they, yeah, it doesn't dry. You can't lean up on stuff. You can't whatever. So you need to be responsible with it. But like, you know, I, so I always, you know, if I'm doing a show, I'll reach out to like the promoter and be like, Hey, ahead of time, Hey, is, is dream channel allowed? If they say no, fine. I'll, I'll use an alternative. Right. Um, I'll still probably do my own because I trust I'll get dark enough more than most of the show tanners out there. But, um, you know, in bodybuilding, because in bodybuilding, you need to be darker than like, you know, men's physique, bikini. I always tell them, go use the show tanner. You'll be the same color as everybody else. And you can be too dark in those divisions. You don't want to use dream tan on a, I, I've used it on a men's physique guy lightly. You don't want to use it on a bikini competitor. Yeah, I can see um, that. You know, and so, you know, go, go use the spray service. Like you'll, you'll be the same color as everyone else. It'll be dark enough for your division, but bodybuilding, you get such an advantage in those divisions with extreme looks if you can use dream tan. Um, and so I, like I said, I always, I always just ask ahead of time. Um, worst thing to say is no, you know, like if the answer is yes, great. You know, like, but usually the answer is yeah, as long as you're responsible with it, you know, like, if, you yeah. know, the ones that say yes, like that usually come, it's like, yeah, of course, you know? And so, um, you know, it, you know, if, if there's shows, I just had a client actually, he's doing a show end of September. Uh, he emailed me last week and said, Hey, they're emailing stuff out about like show tanning. Should I sign up for that? He's a bodybuilder first show ever. And I said, ask them if they allow dream tan. He did. They said, sure. I said, no, we're using dream tan. <laughs> you know, like you're, you're in bodybuilding. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be at the show anyway. I'll put the dream tan on, you know? And, and so, um, you know, that, that's my, at least opinion on it is, is just ask, you know, like yeah. it, it, you know, worst they can say is, is no, you know, and then you find something, you use something else. You know, I, I had some pretty good color. I did a show in 2016 where I couldn't use dream tan and I did my own tan and used dark abs and had some really good color. Um, and, and a lot of times that that's what I'll use as a base for under dream tan, um, is, is dark ads, which comes from the UK. Um, we got to yeah. get it shipped you know, internationally to get it here. Um, but I, I like that stuff. Um, I, it, I've had good success with it. Um, just had a client actually this last weekend use dark as a dream tan combo with, and got some good color up, you know, great cool. color from it. Yeah. It's, uh, I, it's interesting to hear that. And I think it's great advice also asking because yeah, they might have a yeah, rule. You don't want to show general. up and yeah. Oh, and yeah. you also don't want to do it in case it's banned. Yeah. And then yeah. you're done. Yeah. 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 And uh, no. yeah, dark as, yeah, the only, the challenge with those two is you need someone on hand who's willing to apply it, <laughs> who can do yeah. a decent enough job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that's where a lot of times it's like, you know, with when clients ask, ask me, right? Like if I, if they're, you know, if they're an experienced competitor, they've used it before, whatever, but if they're a first time competitor 
and I'm not going to be there, you know, and I, I don't know if that, you know, and then I'm like, okay, like, you know, get the, the spray tan, you know, reduce your stress, you know, so I think it depends on the situation, but like, if yeah. I can be there and the show allows dream tan and they're in like a more extreme division, I mean, we had a women's bodybuilder do IP worlds a couple of years ago. My wife put her dream tan on, you know, like, you know, it, it, it and the, the other competitors in her class also had dream tan on, you know, like, um, because if it's allowed in those extreme divisions, other people are going to use it. I mean, that the part that frustrates me though are the shows that tell you you can't use it and then and so then you follow the rules or your client follows the rules and then like three quarters of their class is using it anyway and I was yeah. like you know it's like man like if if I'd have known that we'd have just used it because it gives them such an advantage yeah. you know I've had that uh, happen before where I told the client to ask ahead the client was told no so they they plan for something else and then like three quarters of their class are using it anyway and that's on the promoter at that point like you need to give a constant message you know whether it's a yes or a no yeah i completely agree with you that should be they, they should even not be allowed to compete or they get judged down or whatever it is like that it's or, they're breaking a rule or just tell people they can use it you know like yeah yeah, all that. Okay with yeah like either direction right just just stick with one you know yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. one question i did want to ask uh, you pete was you mentioned it before how you kept this prep quiet and i'm just interested in that um, to know kind of what led to you making that decision and how did it go for you being quiet? How how quiet versus other preps as well? Because I don't know how loud you are normally about them. Yeah, I mean, usually people are aware that I'm dieting and getting leaner and stuff during prep. Like, you know, 2020, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm usually not one to say I'm doing this show and this show and this show. But like, I, you know, I was diet, clearly dieting for shows and like it was pretty well known that I was. Like, you know, my social media, I was would have like comparison pictures with previous preps and you know at that point and stuff and um and so like people were where i was dieting and then yeah my show got canceled at at like six days out and you know you know i i took a lot of crap for continuing my prep for you know through all that and competing in june and july and then I had people, I took a lot of crap for traveling around the country during everything in June and July and competing. And so at that point, I was like, screw it. If everyone's just going to give me their opinion on everything, they don't need to know what I'm doing. I'm just going to do my own thing. And so um, I was just fed up. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just seemed like everyone had yeah. an opinion on what I was doing at that point. And so I was like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And, and so then that, like, next time I diet, I'm just going to show up somewhere and compete. And so... I kept it really, really quiet. I mean, really very few people knew uh, that I was dieting for shows. I mean, in, 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 I mean, there were maybe a handful that even knew what shows I was doing. You know, I mean, it's like it was very, very, very few. Um, I actually, when I uh, when I did my first show of the year, uh, so I sent all my clients uh, emails, like if I'm going to be gone for a show, like on Monday morning, I'll shoot them out, everyone out and eat like a mass email and be like, hey, I'm gone, you know, show this weekend, get your updates in by like 5 p.m. Thursday so that we can get things squared away these next few days while I'm here um, and you're not waiting on me while I'm traveling. And and so I'll send those out, you know, for the week or whatever. And so the week of my first show this year, I sent out an email first thing that Monday morning and I went as far as even saying, yeah, we're my wife and I are getting out of town for a long weekend away before contest season starts. Because, again, I was competing before most of my clients. Right. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, just get things in by whatever time Thursday. 
And so everyone just assumed it was a weekend away and didn't little did they know I was traveling to Buffalo to do a show. <laughs> and um, all of a sudden it was show day and I had competed. And uh, um, yeah, so I mean, people didn't really know, you know what I mean? And so it was, it was great. Like none of my clients knew, which I took that kind of as a compliment that like none of my like it, it, it prep didn't bleed over and affect my ability to coach because none of my clients yes. realized that I was like dieting for shows or competing. Um, you know, it, it, there were people, it got tough when, uh, I would go, I gave, I gave three different seminars, one in January, two in February. Uh, and so like I would wear big baggy hoodies and, you know, you know, but you could see in my, like people who knew could see like in my face, um, you know, they suspected something was up and, and, uh, but yeah, it, I, I have to say it was so much less, less stressful to like just prep and just worry about me and not worry about like what people thought of me. Like even in the gym, I just stayed covered up. I wore, or it was winter. So I just wear a hoodie and sweatpants all the time. Um, so I, you know, I was covered up the whole time and I, I think, I, I think in a weird way that probably actually helped me with my performance in the gym. Um, because a lot of times you see yourself getting super lean, at least to me, I see myself getting super lean and I assume, oh, well, my strength's going to drop or I'm going to be super weak. Cause like, look how lean I am now. Um, and you know, I was covered up all the time in the gym. I didn't, you know, and so, uh, I, I didn't have, you know what I mean? Like those thoughts never went through my head during a workout. Cause I was just wearing a, you know, it wasn't like, look how lean I am, whatever. I was Didn't just placebo yourself. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see myself. So, um, you know, and so uh, I, I do think that might have, you know, in a weird way kind of helped me. But yeah, I, I definitely um, it's kind of funny because it's like the exact opposite of what most people do now. Right. Like, you know, they they record everything and, and everybody's an influencer now. And um, and my phone, my phone when I'm at the gym is either in my car or in my locker locked away. It's not, not on anywhere near me. Um, you know, I, I get better workouts that way. I just train harder, better workouts, but, um, but yeah, it was really, I don't know, it was nice because I didn't get the constant like questions of like, when are you going to compete? Uh, what, what's your weight? Uh, you know, Oh, you're going to win your show for sure. You know, or, you know, like the, those comments yeah. of people that don't get it or don't know. I'm like, yeah, we'll see who shows up, you know, like, um, you know, and, and so, uh, yeah, it, it was nice. I, I really, I, I probably, you know, I, like I said, I wasn't ever one that was big. I'm like saying I'm doing this show or whatever, like, but I would, people would know I was dieting for shows. Um, but it was really nice to just not have anyone know I was dieting. And so like my conversations during daily life weren't just people asking me about prep constantly. Like they were like normal, like conversation you know stations you would have right it wasn't just someone asking about your prep all the time yeah i thought when i read that about you being quiet about it i just again it, it was very interesting to me because it, it's like you said opposite to what most people do and throughout <laughs> yeah. my kind of even fitness like um career i've like part of it has always been sharing my process whether it be like off season a mini car yeah. whatever it is like getting to stage i've shared every part in fact like i normally vlog the period of time i'm going yeah. to stage but the points you mentioned about kind of just keeping it to yourself not having anyone question you about any element of it like you've got your stuff yeah. under control but when you yeah. keep getting these nagging questions even if they're yeah. like positive comments it just makes you think about the whole process more than 
like if it's just a little bit on the back burner because it's already it has to be on the front burner but yeah, if it can be more yeah. on the back burner then yeah i can see it just running so much smoother and yeah you, you just don't talk to anyone about it yeah well and i think part of it too i still was in that you know when i started this i'm I feel like I'm old saying this, but like I, I was still, you know, my first show when I started lifting was 2002. When I started, you know, I went to my first show like and, and attended in 2003 and then did my first show in spring of 04. And so, you know, back when I was getting into all of this, there really wasn't like, you know, the online community and stuff. And so a lot of the guys that were competing or dieting down for shows, most of them did stay covered up in the gym. You know, most of them, you didn't know what they looked like. You know, you, you maybe knew they were dieting for a show, but, you know, and there, there were fewer shows then. But, like, there there was a lot less out there. Like, guys would just show up at shows. Like, there, you know, what I mean? like, out of nowhere, like, who is this guy? Um, and so, you know, the, the Internet and social media and everything wasn't what it is, you know, 20 years later here. And so, you know, I, I, I you know, I knew it could be done because I'd seen all kinds of people do it when I was getting into it. But like, I was someone too, where like, I'm sure that you can go look on bodybuilding.com and find like my preps from, especially, I don't know how much I did in 04, but like 06, 08, 2012, those are all, you know, on there somewhere. I'm sure unless they've deleted, you know, like that, you know, the forums from that long ago, but like all my stuff's out there too. You know what I mean? Like everything. Um, and then, you know, even 16 and 20, there's a lot on my social media from that, you know, um, from getting into the show, but, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, just having, I don't know, I, like I said, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm young enough that like, I'm, you know, in a social media age, but I'm old enough that like my first prep was still before all of, you know, first couple of preps were still before all of this. Yeah. I think mine. I first competed in 2014. So that was like, I think Instagram had just started. And so like YouTube was a real thing. That was when Matt Ogus was a real like big person over on YouTube. So I kind of got into competing almost through like Matt and through DMJ and big on YouTube. So then it made me want to like share that. And now it's just, yeah, got to the point where it's become normal to share and document like that process. But it's like, I'm I'm weighing up. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, even before that, though, it was the forums, like all the three DMJ yeah. guys, like you look back, like we like us all talking to each other on the bodybuilding.com forums, like following each other's training logs back in like 2006 or 2008. You know what I mean? Like that's, you know, I, I think that, you know, for me, I, I was competing before that. But you know what I mean? Like that's where like I learned a lot more about natural bodybuilding was yeah. was the forums back in the day. I think, yeah, the, the I have this struggle with. And I don't, I think this is what it comes down to is for me personally, I don't compete for business. It might have a tag on benefit towards the business, but I compete for myself. So if it's going to be better for me to keep it quiet, maybe that's the route to go down versus like competing and sharing it all, which might make me feel worse about the process, but be better for like the business somehow. So yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. my next prep, I might take a kind of a page out of your book. Yeah. And, you know, that was a concern of mine, actually, when when I you know decided to keep it quiet, I was like, OK, well, that means I can't post really any pictures of myself that are current from, you know, basically like September of last year. You know, you know, like I think the last current picture of myself I posted, like was like at the end of that, like, you know, off season cut. Right. So like September ish of, of last year until I actually compete. So I was like, all right, I got six, seven months here 
it can't be any current pictures of me unless I'm like fully clothed. Um, and so like, can I create content? Can I still get clients results? Can I, you know, like, like do enough that my business doesn't suffer and it didn't at all. You know, like I said, most of my, you know, it was, I, like I said, I, I found it pretty awesome to hear from a lot of my clients that they had no clue I was even dieting for a show. Um, because that shows how little it bled over into my coaching that nobody could tell the difference. With your coaching, how does your how does your checking process work? Do you have to show your face or is it? No, no. no okay. I, <laughs> no. I do. So I don't do video checking. I'm not the super high technology coach. Um, I always tell people, you want something flashy and fancy. I am not your coach. Um, I, so my clients check in twice weekly via email. And so, and then they can always email any other time or anything like that too. But, um, you know, my check-ins are more email conversations. And, um, and so I, I would say for a lot of my clients too, I don't know if they'd have time to send me videos twice a week to tell me how things are going. Like, um, you know, and so I, you know, I know some people prefer that I, I, yeah, I don't do video check-ins and so I don't have to really show my face. And so that, that part helps also. Um, but yeah, that, that would probably make it a little tougher, but, um, the changes, if you're doing it every week, the changes are probably so gradual, they may not notice the difference. Just have to, I don't know, grow out, grow out a beard and like always stay clothed and take lots of caffeine beforehand so you're not like slurring yeah. or like talking too slowly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, it's funny though. Like I, I was on a couple of podcasts like earlier this year when I was within like a month or two of shows and, and, you know, and I'm like, you know, hoodie and like, I'm sure they could see in my face, but like nobody really mentioned much, but they're like, Oh, when are you competing again? And I'm like, ah, you know, it's going to be <laughs> going to be a while. Um, you know, truly at this point, it is going to be a while. I literally just competed three and a half months ago, but like, you know, it, it was just, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it was, it was just, there's something so and so much enjoyable to just, I felt like I was doing it for myself and because I enjoyed it and it was a challenge of me getting as lean as I possibly could, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, it ended up me looking the best I have and, um, you know, it, it worked out great, but yeah, I, it was just, like you said, there, nobody's questioning anything that you're doing. They're not, you're not getting advice from like guy who's never competed in the gym that you should be eating your tilapia to thin your skin or <laughs> yeah. something like, you know, or whatever. Right. Um, like it, 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 it was nice. Like it, it, um, you know, it, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't like every single conversation I had with every single person all day long, which yeah. it can be when you put everything out there like that, you know, if people know you're getting close to shows, that's the first thing, you know, like I, I'm guilty of that too, right? Like if so, I know someone's close to a show, that's probably one of the first things I ask him when I talk to him, you know, how's prep going, you know, like, yeah. um, and, and so it just was nice to not have that be like the topic of every single conversation. Yeah. And I think even the concerns from like a business perspective, you mentioned you didn't like, it actually wasn't a problem for you, but you've like, once you've competed, then you have all the photos, you have all the, yeah. you can share all the process you want, you can come on this podcast and talk about it. <laughs> so yeah. like you just see it on the back end versus the front end. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm convinced no, I, myself further here. <laughs> yeah, no. And I did like, I did my photo shoot before my first show. And so, um, so yeah, I, I did a photo shoot with Cliff's wife Haley again, 
Um, she did a photo shoot for my wife and I in 2020 when we were lean, and I did another one with her this year. And the pictures turned out aw- like awesome. There's some that are just crazy. I can't even believe they're me. Um, and uh, so I did I did that photo shoot like 10 days out from my first show. And so like I have all these awesome pictures and I couldn't share like, any, you know, until my shows were done. Right. Like I couldn't yeah. share any of them. And so like now I got a stockpile of like, I don't know, like 40 of them or whatever I got from that, you know, photo shoot. So like I've used maybe half a dozen or whatever at this point. But like, you know, I'm good for it gets me my stockpile for a few years to have cool pictures when you have like an educational post and you need a picture to grab people's attention because you're, you're going to, you know, your post isn't going to get any reach and nobody's going to like it unless it has a cool picture. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's Instagram. And yeah, I that's, think it's, that's how it works. Yeah. And I think it's, it's nice even for someone listening, if they're like, oh, I couldn't imagine competing and not sharing the process because for whatever reason, that's super important to them. I would say I, that almost makes me doubt someone's reason for competing. Like if you're like us, oh, being quiet about it actually sounds kind of nice then you know uh, to me that's someone doing it for the right reasons because they're doing it for themselves not for the gram or whatever you know not for other people yeah. they're doing it just for themselves yeah yeah no and that that was part of my you know yeah, that, i agree i mean because like you and i like we coach for a living so like in in theory it could potentially hurt us to not share what we're actually doing um you know in theory right but like it you know, if, if we're okay with it and fine with it. Yeah. I mean, you know, someone who's not, but I think it, you know, it's up to each person, right? Like I, I, you know, I'm someone who I don't, you know, like I said, I'm not someone like, I give me a lot of anxiety to like record myself lifting. I don't do it. Like I, you know, I I know a lot of coaches, like I want to see videos, this and this and this, I, it gives me a lot of anxiety. I'll stop set short of failure. I'll be questioning everything, the whole set. Like, it just messes with my, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just not a, you know, if I, you know, like I said, my phone's nowhere near me. I just, if I can just focus on doing my thing, like it, it usually goes smoother, but again, that's my personality and me personally. And that might not be every, you know what I mean? Everyone, you know, everyone's different in that. I, I get that feeling when someone, and it doesn't happen to me often, but normally it's like, if someone's randomly comes over and starts spotting me, I'm like, no, 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 I don't want this. That starts giving me anxiety. I'm like, no, 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 no. this feels weird. Like I don't want, yeah. like, you know, I'm so used to training on my own, doing my yeah. own thing. I have like numbers in my head I want to achieve. And then they come over. I'm like, yeah. now I just start, like, I get that yeah. kind of same, similar thing that you get yeah. from recording yourself with the phone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it, it's funny because even, even like my wife, like she'll reduce, record some stuff going into a powerlifting meet just to make sure she's hitting depth on a squat from the side or something. Cause I'll be spotting her. I can't tell her if, you know, for sure from the rear, it's hard to tell. And, uh, but even with that, like, she's very, very, you know, sparingly, right. Like it's not, um, you know, recording everything. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I sound old. I feel like when I'm on these podcasts and I'm like back in my day when, you know, cause my, my wife will always make fun of me because I've been doing this so long. So I'll be talking to a client about like, you know, back in whatever, you know, we did this, or it used to be like this, you have it so much easier now where it's so much different now because of this or that. And, you know, she's always like back in my day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, I, I don't know where the last like 20 years have gone. So it, it's crazy. Yeah, it's wild to think like next year will have been my decade of competing. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah. I competed like when I was 24, so I was considerably older yeah. than you. But so, yeah. yeah, even thinking that I've almost come into a decade of working in the fitness industry, I'm like, oh, wow, like I feel like I'm a bit of an old dog. <laughs> it, it is though. I mean, if you, there's, there aren't that many people who continuously keep like competing, keep like prepping people for shows for a decade or more. Like you see a lot of people come and go and, yeah. you know, there you get to a decade or more like that. You know, I mean, there aren't that many, you know, it's amazing how many people drop off. Like, you know, you'll, you'll see them and you'll be like, oh, this guy has all the potential in the world and you see him for a few years and then you're just, there's gone. Yeah. I, I totally see what you mean. Uh, yeah. Pete. So for this off season, do you have any, like, is there any particular plans? Is it more of the same? Do you have eyes on like another year? I know you compete like every two to four years anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I would so I'm 37 right now. I, I 2020 prep was so I was 34 at that point. And, uh, that prep got dragged out so long because of, you know, the world shutting down and my show's getting pushed back after that prep, it took me a long time to like mentally come around to like wanting to compete again. And, and I was like, I don't know if I'm even going to compete before I'm 40. Like I might just wait till I'm 40. Um, and then I ended up competing, you know, at 37 this spring and, um it's going to be at least 40 i would think the next time like it, it, you know i i haven't done less than like th- I, this this was three years between shows and that was the shortest i had done for an off season since like 06 to you know 04 to 06 to 08 otherwise i had been doing four years um you know just the way like life and things worked out um and so yeah i mean i would imagine at least three if not four years probably um you know, I, I definitely am going to keep doing it. Like I said, my my goal is to be someone doing some of these 50 plus and 60 plus classes. I mean, that's part of the reason why we started sponsoring the the at the OCB Viking each fall. We sponsor the 50 plus legends class, um, you know, so it's a thousand dollar payout to the winner of the 50 plus like men's bodybuilding class, because um, back when that show started, there really weren't places for 50 plus guys to compete in the U.S. here, like for money, right? They'd have to compete in masters against 40 plus guys. And so now there's a few more, 50, you know, more shows are picking up 50 plus. They realize there's a demand there. And so there's more 50 plus pro shows. But like, I want to be the guy doing those classes. You know what I mean? And, and, and you know, at 13 years, you know, when I get to that point. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. And so we keep working to get better and, you um, yeah, well, come back, you know, do master's class, you know, at 40, 41, whatever it is when I die down next. That's awesome. Now, now after this podcast and after this prep, everyone's going to be like, you're competing, aren't you, Pete? <laughs> They're just going to think every no. year you're competing <laughs> now, aren't you? <laughs> you're just going to be like, no, no, yeah. no, no, I don't no. believe you. <laughs> God, I'm only, I'm only three and a half months post show. Yeah. I, I, I'm still at the point where I'm like, yeah, I finally, I feel normal. I'm eating a good amount of food. Like, I'm not dieting anytime yeah. soon, you know. Um, you know, there was a week here recently when I checked in with Cliff, and he's like, "Yeah, you're." He's like, "Yeah, you're only." You know, I was only up a couple tenths of a pound, and I, and he's like, "Oh, let's just leave things the same." And I said, "I'm fine with that. The longer we can ma- drag this out and make it take till I diet again, like, yeah, <laughs> I, sure. I'm good with that at this point." <laughs> well, you know how it is coming off a of prep; like, you almost mentally have to like. I feel like you, you have to mentally get to a place where you're like, okay, I can do like an off season mini cut again. And then at some point beyond that, you get to a place where it's like, okay, I can actually diet for a show again. Like, yeah. uh, like mentally put into it what you need to put into it. Yeah. It takes a bit of time. I, I've definitely had off seasons where I've mini cut 
and I haven't been mentally ready for it. And it's like, why? Yeah. That was just bad on every front. Like I almost view a mini cut in an off season as like, that should be something you'd like a craving. <laughs> like you're like, I thank God I can now yeah. mini cut. <laughs> but you know, in a related note though, you see that a lot of times in competitors who compete over and over and over again, like, you know, the people who try to do like spring, fall, spring, fall, you know, like there's a show in their their town in the spring and the fall. And so they're doing spring, fall, spring, fall, and they're just dieting always for shows. But a lot of times in those situations, those people can really start to, I mean, physiological issues with that aside, you know, with hormones, metabolic rate and whatnot from just dieting over and over and over again. Um psychologically, they they can really have a hard time going where they need to go when it comes time to diet for a show because they've never had a, you know, it's always dieting. It's always, a, you know, so restricted. And, you know, I can, I can go where I need to go during prep. I mean, I, you know, I was, you know, like the depletions going into my shows, I, I hit some super, you know, some pretty low calorie days for me that were way below my off season numbers. And, uh, you know, I'll go, I'll do what I got to do, but like, I'm not willing to turn around and do that six months later. I don't know if, like I could, I don't think most people could. And I think that's why people who compete over and over and over again, oftentimes you don't see them get like absolutely peeled with, you know what I mean? Every single time, because they, they just, you know, you, like you don't have that mental break to like eat, eat in a surplus, have some balance with life and, and then be able to turn around and, you know, okay, I'm, I'm mentally ready to cut now um, and, and do what I got to do. Yeah. It's, it's so important. Like it's, the two to four years that you've been taking off, I think uh, is a really smart move for particularly natural competitors. So uh, I think that's great advice. If people are, again, it comes down to that kind of yo-yo dieting sort of aspect again, where like people are just not setting themselves up well and they could end up just looking worse over time versus better. And no one wants that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, also just, you know, I don't have, you know, I, I'm married. I don't have kids, but like just the family aspect of it too, and having more balance with life. Because as balanced as you try to be during prep, you you don't have, um, you, you know what I mean. Like you don't have. Uh, it still skews towards prep, and yeah. so, um, you know, I think having some of that balance with life, you know, like it it's good for like relationships and you know and family and in general to not be constantly dieting for something um you know and 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 picking your spots a little bit more for sure yeah definitely the your friends family loved ones definitely appreciate the time when uh, people are well fed and yeah you're not the kind of slightly grumpy person that you end up inevitably somewhat becoming in prep <laughs> yeah yeah as much as you try not to it just by the end it yeah yeah nobody I, people with stride and glutes it looks cool but it doesn't feel good and they're they're usually yeah not in the greatest mood <laughs> yeah no for sure uh pete thank you so much for taking the time uh this has been a really lovely chat talking about your prep and experience and also i think lots of take-homes for the listeners if people want to keep up to date with everything that you're doing uh kind of get a look in at your coaching where should they head yeah, so you can go to my website, fitbodyphysique.com. I'm on Instagram at fitbodyphysique, uh, or I'm like on Facebook as myself. Um, and yeah, that's that's about it for my social media, just Facebook and Instagram. I don't have all the the fancy ones. But yeah, no, uh, what's it now? Uh, threads, have you not come onto Threads yet? Yeah, I, have, I actually haven't come to Threads yet. Okay. So it, I, I, but I was never on Twitter, which Threads is supposed to be similar to, so... 
yeah it's basically the same thing but uh yeah if less is more in many cases so yeah keep it keep it to the instagram and facebook and yeah, yeah. again that will be linked in the bio so if, or in the description if people want to kind of check out pete and see what he's up to and otherwise thank you for listening thank you pete once again and we'll talk to you soon take care yeah thanks for having me Losing weight fast while maintaining muscle mass. Sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? It isn't though. It's reality and we know how to do it. And we will help you achieve this. The Minicup Movement is an eight-week fat loss program to make you lose a huge chunk of fat while maintaining muscle mass at the same time. We will support you from the beginning to the end so that you see the results you would like to and come out of it much stronger. You will receive a fully automated spreadsheet that is based on your nutritional needs. You can choose between six different male and female training templates. Over 30 videos will guide you through each and every single step of the minicut so that you're getting the most out of your journey and that you always know what to do. But the best thing is that you can start whenever you want. The Minicup movement is open 24-7. So if you want to learn more or you're ready to sign up, hit the link in the description below. So let's revive stronger together.